drivers, start your engines! The Lapsed Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here's your host, the Professor, Brendan Crump! Oh, Lapped Traffic Nation, welcome to Season 8 of the Lap Traffic Podcast and Episode number 327. Yes, I am your host, the Professor Brandon Crowd, and in the words of the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, what do you want to talk about, Lap Traffic Nation? Oh, there is so much to talk about. How is everyone doing? It feels great to be down here back in the man cave recording in the podcast studio, a freshly clean podcast studio. Yes, I can't believe that it has been a little over two months since the last show and boy oh boy how life has changed first off start with this i hope everybody had an incredible holiday season and new year here we are almost a month into 2024 already which is absolutely crazy what's been going on with you guys i hope you all are doing good it's been nice chatting with some of you on social media throughout the off season You know, there's been some Michigan football, there's been some Lions football, and I will get into all of that in just a little bit. Uh, We are down to just one football game left, which means Daytona is right around the corner. We got the clash this weekend, which is just crazy and awesome. There is so much NASCAR stuff to dive into, and we'll get into that too. But like I said, it's been two months since the last show. A lot's happened, some of uh, some of which you have might been able to piece together with some of my posts on social media. But So here's the latest on my end. So if you recall, I got laid off from my job back in the end of October from the mortgage industry, which was a blessing as I was getting really burned out and went from a stressful, <laughs> overly stressful work environment to a stressful checking account, but such is life there. And after about two weeks of not getting really any bites of substance from applications I was putting out and and such, I decided to really make things fun and interesting and start my own small catering company, which I did, and we are, are good to go. It's called Three's a Crowd Catering, which is the world's most perfect slogan, uh, with, with the pun of let the crowds cater your crowd. And I, I mean, I mean that just wrote itself, really did. Um, I grew up in the catering business, very close friends of the family, which means they basically are family, owned a catering company that I spent a lot of time working at uh, growing up. Uh, and as you guys know and have seen my posts over the years, if you've been around a minute, know how much I love to cook and and, you know, fire up the smoker and all that kind of stuff. And we decided to, you know, jump head first. So in two months, I've literally created uh, an entire business from scratch. Obviously, the name's done. Licensing is done. Insured. Food safety certified. Uh, got a kitchen to rent out of. The website's built. Menus are built. Bank accounts set up. CPA's been met with. State uh, sales taxes all set up. 
online invoicing, social media handles are created. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, and if that wasn't enough, I've decided to do another podcast, which is going to be kicking off in a few weeks called Dining in Detroit which is going to kind of blog my journey so that I don't bore you guys with it here on the lap traffic. Um, so yeah, we're going to, you know, kind of, like I said, blog my journey in, in this process, as well as talking with local bar, restaurant, food truck owners and share their stories as well as kind of, you know, doing some cross promotion to help get the Three's a Crowd catering company and info out there. Uh, so what's that mean for lap traffic? Well, right now, my plan is pretty much kind of as last year was, was to do a show at least every other week, um, you know, kind of let it just develop naturally. Last year was hard to do shows because work was so demanding uh, on top of the little guy, family, all that good stuff. And again, I have no idea what this year's schedule is going to look like. I might be busy. I definitely will have probably a lot more free time on my own to decide when I can record. So who knows? Uh, we might be able to do, uh, you know, back to the, the weekly that everybody was used to for so long. So we're just going to kind of have to see. But that said, we are here. We are back for season eight of the Lap Traffic Podcast, which is crazy. I can't thank you all enough for your support. Uh, you might hear me drop the social media handles uh, of the catering company and the Dining in Detroit podcast. Um, I'm doing a giveaway to kind of help, uh, you know, just get a base of followers going. And I, like I said, I, I cleaned out the podcast room and stumbled across a framed, autographed Mark Martin number eight frame i mean it's this is a big frame and i'm like i mean this was just too perfect of a find uh it's from when mark martin drove the eight this is season eight of the lap traffic podcast i didn't even know i had this thing uh, i was in a bin and so i'm like well you know what that that's a perfect giveaway for season eight and we're going to do that, and we'll give it away when we hit 8,000 followers. So we got got 1,000 to go, basically. We're at like 7,000 and change, but, um, you know, I felt that was good. And like I said, I'm doing a giveaway to help build the other handles uh, following. I'm giving away a Kevin Harvick 124 diecast along with some lap traffic swag. So, you know, what a better way to kick things off than free giveaways, which is awesome. So with that said, I, I think it's officially time to start talking some NASCAR for 2024. And there is no better person to do that with than with the first guest of the evening. Big news broke last night uh, that his podcast, The Teardown, uh, with Jordan Bianchi. Uh, Jeff Gluck is going to be on. If you missed the, the tweets that I put out about that, he's going to be on here in just a second. Uh, big news to talk about with their podcast moving over to the Dirty Mo Network, which is awesome. So Jeff and I are going to go into de in depth on a lot of the off-season news and, and just, you know, some changes and things of that nature. Um, and then after that, uh, if you want to dip out, by all means, because you're definitely going to want to stick around for Jeff Gluck. But after that, uh, Aaron Studwell's going to be on. I mean, we've got a national championship to talk about. So, of course, we had to get the Dr. Aaron Studwell on. And then we'll close it out with last year's lap traffic fantasy winner, Andrew Yu. 
And uh, yeah, Lap Traffic Fantasy is back for the eighth year. Uh, very much same format as last year. There's two minor rule changes. Uh, we'll get into that later in the show. But if you want to join, there is still time. It's free. There's uh, free swag in on the line. There's custom trophies, all that good stuff. All you have to do is send an email to fantasylaptraffic at gmail.com. Go to the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com. It's all on there. And of course, I'll tweet uh, stuff out. And it's not tweet; it's X, right? Like, but I mean, it's 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 Twitter still, right? <laughs> At least that's what I'm calling it. So, all right, enough rambling. Let's get the legendary Jeff Gluck on the line. All right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his fifth appearance on the show. He's a guy that needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyways. A legend in the garage, tweet-ups on social media, and is one of the great NASCAR writers from The Athletic. Welcome back, Mr. Jeff Gluck. Sir, what's up, man? How are you? I, I can't believe that you said been my fifth time is that really true yeah wow. fifth, fifth fifth time on uh we're kicking off season eight of the lap traffic podcast tonight so thank you for uh being here with us on a on a big news day for you as well so uh all kinds of good things going on yeah well first of all i mean congratulations on eight years i mean that is i think you know eight years ago when you start a podcast it's pretty new and you know it's not it was still sort of in a you know a space that was not really getting established yet and but you were still early to it you know yeah and a lot of people i mean it's these days when it seems like everybody has a podcast it's sort of like oh that's a no-brainer or something but back then i mean for you to do that that was you know sort of taking a, a chance and then the other part of it is like to have the longevity with that i think is really impressive because so many people you know, they might say, oh, that sounds fun. I could do a podcast. And, and you know, you, you do it for a few weeks or a few months or even a few years if, if people make it that long. And then, you know, sort of drop off. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a grind. You know, it's, it's a lot of uh, – It is. It totally is. You know, <laughs> yeah. So for you and to you stick know. it out, I, I think that says a lot, honestly, because it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, you, you know, trying to find the audience and, and getting your audience bigger and, and – it's so frustrating sometimes. You're like, how do I, it's not like, you know, I feel like on Twitter or, or whatever, whether the algorithms on social media, it's so much, you, you can sort of get something launched into the stratosphere or something like if the algorithm likes it. Sure. Absolutely. You're like, oh, I don't even know what I did. Yeah, but like yeah, with podcasts, right. it's so hard to like find that breakthrough group. You know what I mean? Yes. That's the, you know, um, and, and thank you for all of that, by the way. I, I'm very, very appreciative of those kind words because it, it has been a grind, uh, ex- especially with this still eight years in is just a hobby cast. Uh, but to get the, the respect from people like you, uh, from the drivers, from the teams, from NASCAR itself, um, you know, that that's something that I, I I'm not anywhere near ready to throw the towel in yet. You know, so we last year. You know, normally I would do about 40 plus shows a year. I only did 26 last year with, uh, you know, having a two year old and a, and a, and a job and, and all of that. You know, it was it was hard to find the time. But, um, you know, here we're, we're like I said, we're we're not done yet by any stretch over here. And that's um, like you said, you know, the the. The, the fall off on podcasts, because like you said, everybody, yeah, oh, I can do that. And everybody can do one. It's right. uh, once people realize, 
you know, well, what are you going to do with it? You know, and figuring out, can you get a niche? Can you get it out there? Um, Because that's the hard thing. And that was the hard thing eight years ago was, you know, everybody knows Jeff Gluck. Everybody knows Bob Pachris. Everybody knows Joe Rogan. You know, everybody knows like the big names. Um, Who's Brandon in the Lap Traffic podcast? And it's like getting that out there and, you know, being on social media was really the only way to kind of grow that naturally. And that's where it's hard because it's I and I totally get it, too, nowadays still. You know, if uh, if I have a show with a great guest on and the numbers aren't there, I get bummed out. And it's like if you're you don't put the work in and you're just sitting there, you know, and you get five downloads an episode, you know, it can get frustrating until you can build that audience, which is is not easy to do in today's day and age with everybody having one. Yeah, I, I tell I try to tell people that, you know, like people will come and ask for advice. And I, I try to tell people like in some ways it's it's the best time ever um, and, and the worst time ever, because like you, you control your own destiny. You don't have to wait for somebody to, to say, hey, I'd like to hire you to do something. You can do it. Yeah. But then the 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 part of it of like starting your own thing and, and just trying to hope the audience gets there. And that, but in some ways, though, that's like the the best part of, you know, what you do. And I, and I see it with your, your listenership too. Like it's the, the people that are like your loyal listeners and are supportive and, you know, will tweet positive things at you. Um, even if it's only like one or two people, you know, yeah. at times, you know, you're just like, man, is anybody out there? And then you, you see a positive comment. Oh, I just, you know, love your show, Brandon. It's so great to hear from you again. Kind of thing. Absolutely. You know, that it, it keeps it, it going. just sort of makes it all worth it. Yep, Absolutely. Exactly. You, you hit it right there, man. No doubt about that. Um, well, let's talk about your big podcast move. Um, the Teardown podcast moving over to Dirty Mo Radio was announced yesterday. Uh, that is huge. Congratulations, man. Talk about, you know, what kind of, you know, how, how the pieces all came together for that. Yeah, I, I'm really um, I'm really excited about this. Um you know, it's, it's one of those things where, I mean, it's, it's sort of a simple story, I guess, but, you know, Mike Davis from Dirty Mo reached out and wanted to see if it would be possible for us to come over because, you know, he said, look, I mean, sort of the one thing we don't have is a post-race podcast. They've got, I mean, pretty much all the podcasts I listen to, I'm a fan of all their podcasts. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I sort of, you know, been making an annual appearance on door bumper clear and, you know, it's the, sort of the synergy between all the pot, like, you know, I, I listen to their, all their shows. Right. And, and they are very generous in, in sort of referencing us at times. Right. Like, you know, dirty, you know, or Dale jr. Download will say, Oh, I heard this on, on their podcast or, or Denny Hamlin will talk about it. Or the DBC guys will talk about it. Oh, they said this on the teardown. And, you know, it's, it's sort of, it's very validating to hear that, but it's also been, um, it's sort of scary in some ways, right? Because the reason people are talking about that is because we're the first ones out. And that's, that's really our, our, the, our, our big selling point, I think is like, we're the, you know, if, if we came out on every Thursday, I don't think that people would really listen to us at least in the same degree they do, because then every podcast is out. But like yep. the fact that we can get it right out after the race, it's, it's great, but it's also sometimes you're like, man, I, am I alone in this opinion? Like, you know, I'll say, yeah. ah, I, I didn't really love this race <laughs> or I didn't love that. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'll, I'll listen to DBC the next day or I'll listen to Denny's podcast and they're saying some of the same things. And I go, 
Oh, phew. Like, I guess sense I of validation. <laughs> yeah. But then sometimes you're like, oh, no, they saw it. They saw it completely differently. So I don't know what I was talking about. But we haven't had like the luxury yet of hearing the post-race shows on Sirius or TV or any else, anybody else talked about. Like, it's literally just like we just saw the race. It's it's We've fresh. Done yeah. our coverage and, and we're going. So it, it's it's just been a formula that's, that's worked well enough for us. Um, and it's... I think it just slowly sort of built up a following. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, it's still sort of like, wow, how did this, this is very weird. Like how, why do people listen to this kind of thing? But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been great. So I just think that like, you know, obviously I'm still working for the athletic and that's my real job. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you, you, yeah, you're not, I don't think unless you're, you know, maybe Dale jr. Or Joe Rogan, I, I don't think you're, getting rich off podcasts. Um, you know, you have to have pretty big listenerships to, to do that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so, you know, the bottom line is like, I'm, you know, the athletic is my primary thing. And I thought this would actually be a really great way to talk about the work that we're doing there. Um, because you know, it's a, it's a subscription website and ultimately we're trying to get people to give us a shot and subscribe and read what we have to say. And I thought, wow, if we're, if we're talking about that, on a much larger platform that only helps that. And so I think the athletic felt the same way, you know, like, well, sure. You know, our couple of our writers here are going to be talking about their work and, and right. so win -win. it's great. So yeah, I, I feel like it is, I really do. So it's, it's just been sort of a natural thing and, and got the pieces to all come together. That's awesome. What's uh, what will the uh, uh, recording be like, you know, where, you know, if you're at the track one week and Jordan's it, you know, or, you know, will it all be like zoom recording? Are you guys going to do some live streaming or is that still all kind of in the works? We're still talking about how we're going to do it, but I think that we'd like to try to do, um, like a lot of YouTube live stuff after okay. the race. Sure. Um, I think that, you know, because it's a post-race podcast and, and there's sort of this urgency to, um, you know, hear you know sort of the immediate take um you know obviously we'll have the podcast version that people can listen to anytime but i think some people want to hear it right away and and actually sort of the podcast that i based mine off of back in the day um there's there's this guy rob's sister nino who does a survivor podcast and i was a i was a patron of his on patreon that's actually how i got the idea for patreon when i was on my own sure and he had, uh, I had reached out to him and I said, Hey, can you just, you know, he didn't know me, but I, I messaged him and I said, I'm a patron of yours and, um, I love your podcast. And, um, I know you do, a, you know, a live stream with it and, and you have the podcast and all that stuff, but I was wondering how, how Patreon could work. And I, you know, I'm a, I'm a sports journalist thinking of going on my own. And he said, let's get on a phone call. And again, he didn't know me at all. He spent like 40 minutes with me on the phone. That's and, awesome. you know, talking about how it worked. And, and he said, listen, um, do you have a podcast now? This was in, you know, right before 2017, I guess, probably or maybe really early 2017. I said, no, I don't have a podcast yet. I know that's something that people are getting into, but I don't have one. He's like, listen, you got to start a podcast. Like that's, that's the direction things are going. And, uh, you know, even if you're going to have a, your writing, I, I would really suggest having a podcast. So I took his advice and Here so we are. <laughs> that's, yeah, but I, I've noticed that like when I, when he would do his, you know, 
Survivor. And unfortunately, I, I don't watch Survivor as much anymore because of the kids thing, like you mentioned. I don't really get to watch any of my shows. But <laughs> when I would when I was watching it, I would, you know, he would start his live stream, you know, shortly after the episode with his co-host. And I was like, well, I, I would like to see right now what they say, you know, like I, I'd, I'm curious. So I'd, I'd watch it on YouTube. So I think there's an audience for that Absolutely. Um, and, you know, people that don't want to watch it live. So yeah. I, we'll, we'll try to hit both parts. That's awesome, man. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about, you know, respected people getting their take out and and people wanting it fresh. Right. You know, whether it was a was there an on track incident? Was there, you know, drama, you know, post race on pit road, you know, all of that people, you know, that's when they're chomping at the bit to, to get the takes, the coverage and all of that. So, um, I think you guys will, uh, will have a great audience uh, with, with doing something like that for sure. Um, Jeff, I, I was scrolling through, uh, you know, all of the new, the, the, changes you know the entire silly season if you will to to get some talking points for us tonight and as i was going through the various websites and things and i i can't tell you how many new different stories were so and so sponsors joining so and we got a peanut company joining with todd gilliland we got a plumbing company with brad keselowski we got a healthcare organization we've got a cellular i mean the amount of new sponsors uh, coming into the sport in 2024, uh, I, I, it, it hit me for the first time over the last couple of years to where maybe I just didn't pay attention or whatever, but it really kind of jumped out at me. Uh, is that something that you noticed as well? What can be said about it in today's day and age in sports, uh, in, in a sport like NASCAR? What, what's your thoughts? I guess I kind of look at it in a couple ways here. So to me... You know, it, certainly it's good that you're you're seeing these deals come in, right? Like, but I, I wonder, it, it's just different now because, like, I was thinking as some of these came across, and I think, should I re like retweet this or should I just let it go? And because it's almost there's so much that if I feel like if you if you post about one, you have to post about them all. Sure. And there and the, and as you mentioned, a lot of these are kind of smaller deals. Right? Right? Like it's like, oh, you use this company's joining and they will be on the car for two races or three races or whatever. And I think that's because, you know, the the days of when we thought when we used to hear sponsor announcements, I'm used to being like, OK, this is a big sponsor. This is their half season or full season. I mean, if you want to go back farther. Sure. Um, or, you know, they're going to be doing 20 races. They're going to be doing 12 races. And so you'd say, oh, that's a, that's a story. You know, and and you think that's that's really important. And then so now it's like it's just one after another after another. But when you look at it, it's like, well, they're going to be on for one race and an associate or and it just feels like this has sort of been created by the vacuum of the sponsors leaving or, or pulling back who wanted to do tons of races. Right. Like, I mean, you look at FedEx, for example, right, like they were one of the last ones that was the full season for a long, long time. Yeah. You know, and. Now, even last year, you know, you looked at, you're like, well, Denny Hamlin's driving like this Mavis tire car or whatever, you know, um, like, well, well, where did this come from? Where's FedEx? And, and they go, you know, like, man, where's, are they, are they still doing stuff? And, and it's just, I think the more these full season, bigger sponsors have pulled back, the more there's an opening for these smaller, you know, deals. And, and I think it's easier for teams to go to, to a company and say, Hey, um, would you be interested in activating for 
you know, X amount of races, a race here, it's not going to cost you, you know, $25 million. We could, you know, give you, Hey, you know, a million and a half, couple million dollars, you get pretty big bang for your buck. Um, so, you know, it, it's both good and bad in a way because you better have a, a sales department that can fill out your roster right. <laughs> with a bunch of different people uh, if you're not going to have a full season. But, you know, I, I think those days are just so long gone. You know, it'd be easier to sit here and say, man, it sure would help if you had full season sponsor for all these teams because, you know, the consistency, the brand identity, you know, you look on the track and half the time now you can't, you don't, you're like, what car is that? I, I'm not sure who's in that color this week or something. Well, and and I bet the drivers wish it was that way too, because that'd be I bet a lot less driver appearances they'd have to do. Because well, that's yeah, you're right about that. uh, With each new spot, you know, and that that's got to be you know the grind on the team, you know. I'm just going to say Jeff Gordon DuPont days, like, you know, they probably didn't need a real big sales team for that, you know, but now you look at one of the first organizations that really jumps out to me as having like these, you know, multiple two or three race deals, you know, with a bunch of different companies is like JTG. Um, You know, I I feel like they were one of the first to kind of have, you know, it was almost a new sponsor every other week, you know, and the the commitment and the, the demand on the driver, to help sell those to, I can only imagine uh, how much their phone was ringing off the hook to whether it was go show up, you know, at a headquarters somewhere or, you know, uh, showing up in a suite before, you know, driver intros, all of that, just more demand on the driver. Yeah. And I, you know, I assume some of the bigger drivers can go, Hey, wait, you know, I'm a veteran. I don't want to do this many a year. I'll, I'll commit to giving you this much days and you can sell it to the sponsors but i'm sure the younger drivers are like listen we, we just want to be sponsored we just want right. to be on the track we'll do whatever it takes yeah yep so you know if you're you know carson hosevar or whatever and they're saying all right we signed this new sponsor for one race but you're going to have to you know go to go to the, their convention and you're going to have to do this and he's gonna be like, okay yeah absolutely i mean but you add those up yeah <laughs> You know, all of a sudden, it's like you said, it's it's quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely, um, Jeff. There, uh, you know, a, a lot of a lot of different opinions, if you will, with uh, NASCAR's uh, electric car announcement and and test. Um, you know, break it down for for the for the listeners. You know, what is really going on with this? What's the motivation behind it, and and what we can expect down the road. I think this is overblown. Um, I think that this is one of those things that gets people really triggered because they think, oh, NASCAR is going to be, you know, they're they're developing an electric car. They're going to be Formula E. They're not going to be loud anymore. They're not going to be. And that's just, I I just don't think that's, that's just not coming. I, I, I just don't think so. Now, could there be an alternate, alternative fuel, uh, type of car? I, I definitely think they're going that direction. You know, a lot of this is always driven by manufacturers, right? Because if manufacturers are interested in electric cars and they say, Hey, we are going to throw, you know, $200 million, uh, you know, into a series so we can promote our electric vehicles or whatever it is. Who knows? Um, then all of a sudden you go, Oh yes, we do have an electric series, but I think, from what NASCAR was saying in our, in our preseason briefing that we had uh, recently, they, they are very, very aware of like the fact that, you know, the, the sound 
is a very important part of NASCAR, the big sound. And and that was that hit home to them again when they went to the uh, Le Mans last year and, and the Garage 56 because half the comments they got were, wow, that car just sounds so like throaty, American, loud car, sure. you know? And so the, the executives kept getting that feedback and they realized, oh, you know, that, that really is a big part of our identity. And you're not going to be able to sell a bunch of golf cart sounding vehicles going around <laughs> like in Formula E and, and NASCAR. You're just not. Yep. So, but what they did do is the executives went to Japan um, in the off season and they watched these hydrogen powered cars. And they said, you know, the hydrogen powered cars actually the, the engines sound still loud, you know, they're, they're roaring engines still. And so they said, well, if we could, if we could have like a hydrogen powered thing, that could be maybe something that is the direction uh, we're going. And they could easily, I, I, from what I understand, you know, this model that they've built, this prototype of uh, an electric car that they're going to run as an exhibition at the clash, um, you know, it doesn't have to be electric, right? Like it could be, they could put, they could turn it into a hydrogen car, but you know, they're, they're just trying to sort things out, see what they can do. You know um, it's, it's very early. They're not, they're not going to suddenly say, Oh, we're having an electric series or a hybrid series or, or whatever it is. But I do think, you know, they look at it and they're like, well, we could have an SUV series, you know, cause everybody's wanting to invest in SUVs now. And, um, you know, it, it, I just don't think – don't – if you're, if you're worried about electric, Sundays anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> no, no. It would be – yeah. It's – it's. I wouldn't even say this is anytime soon. So I wouldn't worry about it. Good yeah. deal. Good deal. There you have it, Lad Traffic Nation. We can all rest easy tonight heading into the clash in a couple days. <laughs> um New qualifying procedures. I kind of like these, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think it's a pretty, pretty decent change. Nothing, you know, they didn't swing at the fences or anything for it. But, um, you know, it, it makes sense uh, to me in terms of, you know, how they're going to line up the outside row and the inside row, um, you know, versus uh, the old way, which kind of got a little confusing. Uh, do you agree? Do you, you know, what's kind of feedback have you heard on that? This to me seemed like a really practical change because anytime you're going to split into two groups and have a knockout thing, one group is going to be potentially uh, disadvantaged. And, you know, you'd, you'd see it last year, right? Oh, everybody in group A, oh, they're all going to be way higher up in the starting lineup because they went out at a better time. So they had faster time, you know, at least the cars that were sure. 11 through, you know, the back of the field, yep. not the ones that made the top 10. So, um, you know, this to just say, okay, well, we're going to have one start on the inside, one start on the outside. I mean, it might not sound like a huge thing, but that could be the difference of like four, five, six spots to start the race, which Absolutely. as tough as track position is, um, you know, that could be huge. So I think it's a really practical move and, and it's just one of those things that makes sense to me and I can't find any, any objections about it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it, like I said, it, it made all the sense in the world. Honestly, it kind of reminded me of almost like, you know, the duels, you know, in terms of either hey, how you what duel you're in and then your starting spot from the duel. They kind of picked from that a little bit in terms of, you know, finalizing this this process here a little bit. Um, let's see here, Jeff. All right. There was some definite uproar. 
uh, with regards to the clash coming up this weekend uh, in terms of initially not letting fans in for the heat races. Now they are. What what was going on there, man? I from I, I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but from what I gather, it was a situation of like, all right, look. The, the last two Saturday crowds at the clash have been pretty minuscule. Um, the first year, I don't know if you remember this, but they did not open the gates in time for the first practice. Um, and people were outside the gates and then they, I think they got in for the second practice, but a lot of people were upset, but even then the crowd wasn't very big. And last year they had them for the full day, but I look back at like my videos and pictures and, and it just, you know, there was, I don't know, thin, Maybe, maybe a couple thousand people at, yeah. at best. Yeah. So, you know, I, I had heard too that the ticket sales for the clash have not been good. Okay. Uh, I think the, uh, the shine has maybe worn off the event a little bit. And so I'm assuming they looked at it and they're like, you know what, Saturday, we're, let's just not open the gates. We're gonna have to pay all this money to the security. And, and it's just, it's just not worth the, the squeeze, you know? Sure. So, but then I think it may, it's possible, and again, I don't know this 100% sure, but I don't know that they had decided on the format yet because, you know, the, with the NASCAR Mexico Series there this year, then they said, well, what are we going to do with the heat races? So they end up saying, okay, well, let's move the heat races to Saturday for the first time. And then all of a sudden the fans are like, well, wait a minute, because it wasn't just you're missing a practice and qualifying. You're missing – heat races, yep. like real actual stuff that people really enjoy. And some people thought that was the best part of the whole event. So it's like, what in the world? And I think, I think it caught NASCAR off guard. They're like, wait, people are really mad about, Oh, Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so, you know, the solution was, well, it's, you know, we're not going to sell tickets at this point, I think. So let's just open the gates and have some free day on Saturday, which I think is really cool probably going to cost them a lot of money because now they had to go hire all the security people and they're not making any money off the ticket revenue. Right. Um, but so it's, it sort of bit them pretty hard. And if they just sold tickets for it in the first place, it wouldn't have been, uh, nearly the issue, but, um, at least it got sorted out. It was certainly, certainly one of those things where you go, can they possibly, are they really going to not do this? They're going to have heat races with zero fans even allowed. Um, I'm glad they, you know, quickly, uh, quickly fix that. You know? I'm, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. No doubt. Um, we got a new uh, TV deal that, you know, we're going to see NASCAR, uh, you know, across a couple different platforms, networks. Um, you know, I, I get it. I'm behind it. You know, as long as we can get access to it, um, I'll use the phrase, the old guard uh, fan base is, you know, probably a little upset. Um you know, but it's it's just where we're headed in today's day and age from a viewing perspective. Hell, you look at the, you know, granted NASCAR isn't the NFL, uh, but even the NFL ran on a streaming network for a playoff game. You know, that's that's just what it is. And, you know, I you know, Amazon is is pretty big. I think most people have, you know, an Amazon Prime account and, and will be able to have access to it. I don't think it'll hurt too many people but um you know i've been a big proponent uh of of nascar just doing their own network you know i will pay 10 bucks a month let me see any practice i want to see original programming the races you know and, and let's get everything in in one spot but um you know so it don't it doesn't bother me as much but 
you know, what's what's been your perspective on on, you know, the new network deals? It's interesting because, you know, it's so tough to tell where the media landscape's going. You know, the last TV deal, it was all about, well, now the big thing is these, you know, sports networks. Oh, FS1 and NBCSN, you know, they, they those two basically overpaid so that they could get programming for their sports networks and increase the cable fees and all that stuff. And now, you know, NBCSN is not even doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's it's all about cord cutting and all this stuff. And, um, you know, the streamers are so competitive for content, you know, they're, they're willing to pay. And, and you, you, like you, you brought up with the NFL. I mean, that playoff game that was on Peacock only found a huge audience, massive audience. So, you know, people are, people are getting used to it already. And by the time NASCAR is even, you know, a couple years into its deal, it's going to be, quite the norm, I think. Um, and you know, yeah, of course it, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to pay for this, but you know, that's, it's the money that they're getting from all these partners putting so much into the sport that, that is, you look, you look at like the NBCSN money or whatever, right? Like the, the billions, 8.2 billion or whatever they got from the last TV deal. NASCAR, after they signed that deal has gone through a pretty steep downturn in TV ratings and attendance. compared to what it was. And yet that money was built in to increase every year. And that has kept the sport afloat in, in many ways, you know, and, and knowing that that's guaranteed money and it doesn't matter even if the ratings are down, blah, 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 you know, Hey, they still got to pay. Yeah. So that is long-term financial security for everybody. And it sounds like the teams are going to get more money. We don't know what the charter negotiations are going to turn out just yet, but they're going to get more in some way. So, you know, how can you look at that and say, this is terrible because, you know, it's, it's helping the sport survive and, and giving insurance in a way in case something, you know, drastic happens. It's that money's still going to be there. So that's, that's huge. Sure. No, I, I, I feel you there. Um, Jeff, uh, one more miscellaneous one for you, and then uh, we can wrap with a couple you know, headline type stories looking into the 2024 season. Um, it was announced, uh, I don't know, maybe about a month or so ago now, I feel like that um, the SRX series is not going to be running this year, which I was completely shocked uh, by that um, in turn, just because of the popularity that SRX had, you know, it had a strong backing with Tony Stewart. Uh, I went to, uh, the SRX race at Berlin and the, fa- the, the, the crowd, the stands were packed and then some, uh, it, it seemed like it had the popularity and the backing and people showing up at the track. Um, were, were you surprised? Can you shed a little light on to, you know, what happened and where we're at with that? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a few factors. I mean, for one thing, you definitely have Tony Stewart who by all signs seems to be wanting to take stuff off his plate. You know, he, um, you know, got rid of the, he, he sold his sprint car series to Kyle Larson, and Brad sweet, which turned into the bulk of the high limit stuff, even though high limit had already been, you know, established as like a six race series. Now they are pretty much a competitor to the world of outlaws. Um, you know, he's trying to start a family. He's going to run full-time NHRA. Um, you know, it, it just seems like there's a lot of stuff where, it makes sense for him to get this off his plate. Um, but the other part of it too, is like you look at their move to ESPN, their ratings 
tumbled. I mean, big time tumbled. Um, and you know, I think that they, you know, if, if you're, if you're having to buy time on ESPN or whatever the arrangement was and you're not getting the ratings, you're not getting, you know, the ad revenue or however their, their business model worked. It's a tough sell. I, I agree. You know, I went to three SRX races and the crowds were very enthusiastic at all of them. And it was a lot of fun. And I think people were really into it. And, you know, it was, it was, I thought the broadcasts were great. Yeah. Um, I do think though, that like, you know, the first year had a, a much better mix sort of, of like drivers from different disciplines because you had some NASCAR guys, you know, the older NASCAR guys, and then you had some IndyCar guys and you had those, the local heroes, which was really cool storyline. And, you know, it just felt like by the end, like this last year, it was like very, very NASCAR heavy, even with current guys. I mean, you had Keselowski running full time. And it just was like, few. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Hamlin and, and you had so many people. It was just like, well, I mean, this is, it's almost turning into like NASCAR light now. Um, and I just don't know if you can, I don't know if there's enough there to like sell that, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I, I think that it was probably very, very, very expensive yeah. to operate and keep it going. And it just, even if they get great ratings and, or sorry, great attendance, I don't know that that justifies sure. the, the ratings being down. So, um, you know, it's, it's an expensive thing to have to prepare all these cars in six weeks and take them from place to place and crew members. And I just think that it probably, the, the ends didn't meet. Sure. Fair enough. Good deal. Um, all right, let's let's look ahead. A new NASCAR season is upon us. We got the clash this weekend. You know, some some pretty significant driver changes. Uh, you know, massive change. Uh, SHR with Josh Berry, Noah Gregson, uh, John Hunter Nemechek moving up uh, to the 43. We got AJ Allmendinger moving back full time to the Xfinity Series. Haley Deegan, her first full um, rookie season in Xfinity. Sheldon Creed making some moves. Um, you know, what, what are some early headlines that you think we might see from some of these notable driver changes? Oh, that's a good question. I really don't know. I think so much of it, you know, I, I guess where I've gotten things wrong in the past on trying to think where, what drivers are going to do is I don't take into account enough how important, like, the driver crew chief relationships are and the chemistry is and building the team. Um, I think that's maybe probably one of the under most underrated things in NASCAR, if not the most sure. Like these drivers, you, you have to be able to get team chemistry um, as quickly as possible when you're on a new team. And, you know, it's more than just say, I took my guys out to lunch or whatever. Like it's, it's understanding you know, because like Kyle Busch, for instance, right? He's so good at saying what exactly what his car is doing in the corner. But one crew chief might feel differently than another crew chief. Like, or they might interpret that differently. Like, well, okay, so he's saying this. So I wonder how, I wonder just how extreme he's talking, you know? So let me try this change. But, you know, another crew chief says, well, he's probably overestimating it. So I'll do this. You know, it, it's just little, little, little things like that. And it just adds up into because the, the sport is so close on every level now. Right. Yeah. Tenths I just think those are like the little things that can make the difference, you know, in, in speed. Um so it's it's really tough to 
to say, well, you know, I think this these guys will click or this these guys should be off to good start. This this person's getting great equipment because this driver ran well in it. But we've seen over and over again it it just doesn't guarantee that the next driver will or maybe the maybe some other you know you're like well they're getting in this car it wasn't really a good good fit you know they didn't really run well last year with this guy and he's pretty good and then all of a sudden they take off and like whoa look at this guy they're really they're nailing it he must be you know but it's a lot of times just because the communication's better yeah so not to give you a complete non-answer, but no, no, no. I that just, makes that makes complete I don't sense because you look at, you look at, you know, for example, you know, Kevin and Rodney, you know, they had that, and, and I think that's what allowed them to have the success that they had from, you know, 2014. We'll call it through the end of the COVID season of of 2020 when he won nine races and then, you know, kind of you know fell off there the last you know year or two. Um, you know, they had a great connection and chemistry and, and relationship and, and knew what, it, you know, we're probably in each other's head, you know, so I, I totally get where you're coming from with that and to where that can can make or break, you know. So when you look at somebody like, you know, uh, Haley Deegan, you know, first year, you know, and I, I think that's important, too, you know, is, is, is what you said, I feel helps, you know real people in a little bit to to allow them to set appropriate expectations uh in terms of what we can expect in and it also shows the importance um of you know whether it's a team change driver change crew chief change pit crew change you know how all of that you know needs to work you know so perfectly um you know to be able to come together for hell a top 10 let alone a win in any of these three series yeah, it's it's amazing because, you know, it's like you even look. I'll I'll give an example of like Blake Harris, Alex Bowman, right? Like Blake Harris with McDowell, it looked like, man, this is unbelievable. Wow, like they, they've really elevated McDowell here, you know. And and so then you know, it's like, okay, well, Blake Harris is now hired by Hendrick, and now he's going to do the same thing with Bowman. Uh, and, and, you know, Greg Ives is leaving, but don't worry because this guy that just elevated McDowell is coming over and, and he's going to turn Bowman into, you know, this world beater kind of thing, you know, I wonder what he can do. And it's not that he didn't do it or Bowman didn't do it, but it just, they doesn't seem like they've gotten it right yet. And then Bowman was leading the points before his, his injury last year. So that's maybe a bit unfair, but, um, you know, it just goes to show you like, it's, it's it's so it's it's amazing to me even all these years into NASCAR and how and and you know this is such a, a data driven sport I mean you can look at every lap and and how people are performing and passing and all the analytics and it's still so hard to forecast in some ways like could you have said last year that okay Chase Elliott after leading the series in wins is going to miss the playoffs completely and not win a race like yeah, he missed some races with a broken leg, but he was there for most of the year and they didn't run well at all, really. Right. I yep. mean, by, yep. by his standards. So how how can you how do you how do you know that's gonna happen? Sure. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, so it's you know, it's a true X. Like, okay, he misses the playoffs one year and then he wins the regular season championship the next year, and then you say, Oh wow, okay, well, he's a he's a lock for the final four, and then he has such a bad playoffs that he finishes 11th in points. It's like, what just happened? How yep. can you, 
how can you forecast this? You know, <laughs> I mean, if we could, we'd all be cashing our betting tickets. That's for sure. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, Jeff, um, I can't thank you enough for, for the time. Uh, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Great way to kick things off for the 2024 year here. Um, congrats again on the uh, the big announcement from yesterday on the teardown moving over to the Dirty Mo Radio Network. That's awesome. Uh, anything coming up uh, you want to plug? Any Anything coming out over the next week or so? Oh, let's see. Um well, I have my review. Uh, I just posted that uh, of the new Netflix series, and um, I, I was able to watch all five episodes um, this last week before the debut day and, nice. and get my review ready. And um, I, I, I got to say, it's it's phenomenal. It's good. I think awesome. it's I think it's some of the best NASCAR content ever. Excellent. Honestly, that's so, cool. Um, if you want to check out that, that's on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, and we'll be heading to the clash this weekend and, uh, we have tons of Daytona type stories coming up. So getting ready to ramp things up here pretty quick. Good deal, man. Well, thanks again. And, uh, look forward to talking with you, uh, very soon. Yeah. And again, like congratulations on all your success and, and, you know, I, I hope, um, your listeners realize how important they are because, you know, this is, uh, again, we, we talk about what keeps us going and, um, it's just the little positive comments. I don't think everybody realizes how much of a difference those make when, um, you're turning out content, um, whether it's writing or podcasting or video or whatever, like it's, you know, we're all human. So, you know, the little things and, and the internet is not so nice these days. So any positive <laughs> comments are, I know, right. <laughs> are very welcome. So congrats to you. And, uh, you know, keep it going. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon, brother. Sounds good. Later. Lap Traffic Nation, are you not entertained? Man, I tell you, Jeff Gluck is just one of those awesome guys that it's just great to be able to have a conversation like that where it just flows so smoothly. Um, I mean, 40 minutes just flew by, which is awesome, and, and I couldn't be more thankful for the time that he gave, especially on a big day for him where, you know, he's he's got, uh, you know, media things to do himself as far as the announcement and move over to Dirty Mo and all of that good stuff. Wish him nothing but the best. And like I said, just so appreciative of his knowledge um, and his time to come on the show and kick off season eight of the Lat Traffic podcast. Um, all right. Let's do some quick social media stuff. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, The Lap Traffic Podcast, YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, got all at Lap Traffic PC. And if you're really generous and are feeling like doing some extra follows, give a follow to at 3CrowdCatering and at DiningDETPod. Those are the two new handles for the catering company and the Dining in Detroit podcast that are going to be kicking off here very soon, uh, as well as, hey, I might as well sponsor myself. So uh, over the next week, who knows? We may have the official show sponsor of the Lat Traffic Podcast. So, um, hey, you know, I built the platform, might as well use it in some capacity, right? Um, if you've made it this far into the show, please leave a review, tell your friends all of that good stuff. I got a new batch of stickers and koozies in, and they are ready to get sent out to you guys.
guys. So if you want a free sticker, free koozie, all you got to do, shoot me a DM, go to the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, fill out the contact page, and I will gladly send them out to you for free. All right. There's that. We'll do some new follower shout-outs as the season goes along uh, down the road. But without further ado, all right. Now now some football talk. Got to do it. And then we'll close things out with some Lap Traffic Fantasy. All right, Lap Traffic Nation. Joining me back on the line, you can follow him on Twitter, at RaceWeather. Uh, and, and there's actually reason for weather segment because we got the clash this weekend which i'm very excited about we've got a lot of football to talk about as well mr aaron studwell sir how are you good evening and let's uh let's cue up the band shall we oh my gosh that's right we haven't talked this year please fire fire it up oh it is going here let's give it a second here hail to the victor's value yes we are celebrating a long-awaited national championship, man. What, what, what was going through your mind? I know what was going through mine. Just absolutely an incredible span of a few weeks there uh, in, in the, to bring in the new year. Just incredible, a national championship. I, you know, I, I've been part of the program for decades in didn't have a chance to go to the 97 game. Didn't have a chance to go to this game, but I, I honestly wonder if my neighbors heard me yelling <laughs> on, this, on the Sanders still interception when it really, yeah, I, I think it was hard for me to almost accept it, that they're going to, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's just like, you don't want to get excited about it. Yes. No, I'm, I'm and, with you. I'm with you. And then that it is just, I am so happy for team 144. I am so proud of their effort. Uh, it's been an amazing season. It's going to be hard to repeat, but yes. damn it. They're, they did it. They, they did it. They did, did do it. it. And, and it's amazing. I, I will tell you, like, uh, I forget who asked me this the other day, but to me, beating Bama was equally as important as the Washington game just because even though it's not the Bama of five years ago or whatever it is Bama still carries a a stature about themselves and to be able to say that you beat Bama uh is is something that not a lot of schools get to say or not a lot of teams get to say that they did and that was just an incredible uh, moment to 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 see that and I I wasn't I wasn't able to scream obviously because of, of Alden but uh, man, <laughs> if we went through our typical uh, superstitious routines uh, well into the uh, the playoffs and it 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 worked uh, for for a long long run there which was awesome um, that national championship game was kind of like you said you know like you know by all accounts they were supposed to win the game right by the numbers they 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 were supposed to win they did win uh but you know would would they get flustered or you know would they have some of the crazy things happen like had happened to to the lions here and we can get to that in a minute but um uh as you mentioned you know it's going to be hard to repeat losing some players 
and and losing our coach. And we've been talking about this for quite some time as well in terms of, <laughs> yeah, of Harbaugh. And, and here, it, you know, we, we can finally wrap it up uh, with a nice little bow, I suppose. Um, you know, obviously Harbaugh leaving for the Chargers. And I want I want your take, but I want to pose the question in kind of two different ways to see if you feel for you personally, the, the answer is different. And that is, well, maybe even three ways. If he didn't win the national championship, would he be back? If he won the national championship and didn't have the potential uh, penalties that may or may not come against him, would that impact his decision to come back? So the, 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 let's start there. Um, okay, first of all, I'm really happy for him. I think mission accomplished. Yes. Uh, I, so which I think ties into the next point of saying, if they hadn't have won, the mission would not have been accomplished. I honestly think he would have stayed. I think they would have figured out a way to do it that yeah. – they would have said, okay, we cannot fire you for the biggest thing was that we, if something new comes up yep. that we can fire you for cause. And he's like, no, you're not going to do that. Yeah. That was the biggest thing point. I think if they hadn't won the national championship, I think they would have found a way past it. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I can get, I can get behind that. Do you think that, you know, one, when, uh, when friend of the show, Dan Wetzel, yes, I'll name drop, uh, came out with that story about, you know, where the contract negotiations were at, um, you know, did any of it at any point seem as an admission of guilt based on what he was trying to have included in a potential new contract? No. No, I don't think it was an admission. This may be, I don't think it was an admission of guilt. I think they, I think they appropriately shielded him from it. Sure. Sure. Um, I honestly think he may not have known, I think, but yeah, according to, you know, well, and you I, go back to Chris Partridge and him being the fall guy and Connor Stallion. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I don't think it was an admission of guilt either. I was just, I, I was curious. You know, I think one thing that makes it so incredibly difficult, and we can even make a full circle with with a NASCAR tie-in with this to anybody that has stuck around and is listening to us babble about Michigan football still, <laughs> is that the the um, how do I want to say this? The inconsistency from penalties and rule interpretations and, and things of that nature. We, we see it in NASCAR week in and week out sometimes, you know, so um, not knowing, you know, how the NCAA may have potentially responded. And, you know, it I think that maybe played the biggest factor is, you know, not knowing or, or having precedent to go off of to know what the potential repercussions may or may not have been. I, I think that's part of it. Um, but if you think you were, if you think you were in the right, and it, you know what is hold this whole thing while well, everybody else is doing it, it doesn't matter. Sure, not no, to me. I, I'm with you on that one. Yes. But yeah, I think that, you know there there's always the uncertainty factor. Anytime you deal with the NCAA, to say that yeah, we don't know what the punishment's going to be, and and it could be an antiquated law. We talked about that. The rule doesn't make sense because we 
I don't know. I don't understand if he even did go to the games. Why? Other than a chance to travel. Sure. Because right. he could have done just been, he could have been just as effective at home. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's that. You know, that's the uh, the thing, too, with with technology, the way it is today. Like there could have been, you know, a lot more creative ways than to just, you know, actually go and be in the stands you know you can get a lot better bird's eye view in in some instances with you know some of the tv cams that you can subscribe to and and you know yep. have the bird's eye view you know just like with nascar you know there's you know in the past there's been subscription type services to where if you want to watch the in car of of kyle bush the entire race you can sit there and watch the in-car Kyle Busch the entire race, you know. And yeah, and they can do the the teams can do that. And they have yes and T data now, mm-hmm. so it's yep. But you know, I want actually I want to go back a little bit in the conversation. You were saying how the Alabama win was just crucial because of the cachet that Alabama has. Yeah, I, I think that was really proven by DeBoer leaving Washington to go to Alabama. Right, no kidding, and Saban retiring like. The coaches that have either left, shifted, what what have you, uh, has been this this it's unprecedented what we've seen from a coaching uh, perspective, both across the NCAA and the NFL. Um, yeah. you know, well, and the, I don't, t- the top four teams, three of the four top four teams will have new coaches next year. Yeah, yep. And I tell um, you, I I could not be happier. Sharon Moore deserves this opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I would have been I'd have been really heartbroken if they went and, you know, uh, hired externally uh, with what he did for for the team to even have the potential to be talking about the national championship that we won. Uh, Obviously, you know, the the players did it, but man, they they needed they needed him and, and he stepped up and delivered in in some clutch moments. I agree a hundred percent. I couldn't imagine who else would get the job. And I understand there's a process they had to go through. They, uh, but I, they got their man. Um, and I just, it's going to be interesting. The chargers and the Ravens do play each other next season too. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I hope, I guess, you know, the one thing, you know, and I'll, I will definitely, you know, uh, admit, you know, there were years you and I were talking and it was like Harbaugh needs to, or I want him gone. You know, we, I, I was adamant and now I'm sad that he's not here. You know, he finally got things turned around and, you know, three straight big 10 titles, a, you know, a break in the losing streak in the bowl games with a Rose bowl win. I mean, there was just so many boxes checked off. Like, Man, we could have we could have had a good dynasty run here going. I feel like I get why he's going back. You know, he. I could, I, could you just imagine if Harbaugh, uh, you know, gets gets the uh, a Super Bowl ring, and you know, then his brothers just got the one ring, and and you know, he's got. He would two, be one so. of the most accomplished football coaches of all time. Oh, then. absolutely. And that's absolutely. not a statement. I five years ago, I'm not sure that's a statement I would have ever made. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I mean, you'd have to put Pete Carroll up there, I would think. Um, yeah. And speak. Um, did you see the news about him? I don't know the validity behind it, but uh, supposedly he went to to try to get the the main job back, and they, you know, said no. Way. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, so it was something about after the season, uh, you know, 
he he went, you know, he had said he wanted to stay with the organization in some type of an office spot, but then went back and asked if he could have the head coaching job back. I don't remember who I saw that from, like I said, to to to, to say whether or not there's credible backing behind that, but I did see something about that. So that was interesting. Um, let's see here. Do we need to hash the debauchery of the Lions championship game? Oh my God. The debauchery or the botching? I don't, both. (laughs) The thing is Campbell, he was true to himself. Yes. Yes. He was going to, he was going to coach the game like he did all season. There are times you look back and you even though I shouldn't even say look back when it was happening. Like, are you doing that yeah. now? The running on third and goal that I don't think you can ever convince me that that was the right call. Sure. Getting away from the running game at the beginning of the third quarter after they drove. And then was it Gibbs that fumbled? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a rough one. Yep. And then it goes, then all of a sudden it's tight again, but then, Treat it like it's zero zero. Yes. When you came out, it was zero zero. You ran it down their throats. Yep. yep. Effectively. Yes. Why did you go away from that? I don't. And I'm yeah. not as. Yeah. No, no. I'm here. You. I. I got. I was very frustrated. Um, and this has happened multiple times this year, where it's fourth and two, fourth and three, and they have nobody in the backfield, and. I, I don't know what it is, but I if they run it on fourth down, man, I I I think their their percentage of getting it is such drastically higher proven throughout the year when they would run on fourth and short versus throwing on fourth and short. And there were two fourth and shorts that they didn't even try to make it look like they were gonna run the ball, which again goes back to your point of why aren't you running the ball? Uh, and then it was just a couple of, of missed flops that if they would have, you know, the two flea flickers, I love that play design. I love that call. I think it, it fits really well into Goff's, you know, in the pocket type play and creates that extra time. Uh, you know, if, if, bo- if either one of those connected, it's a different game. Uh, you know, I the, the left points for not kicking, you know, we saw Moody. We're very familiar, you and I, with Jake Moody. How he yeah. missed a 45er, you know. So the two field goals that they could have potentially gone for, I think one would have been a 48. One was, I think, a 50, 52, something like that. You know, so they weren't chip shot gimmies, you know. So I, I don't, like you said, I you wouldn't have wanted him to change his coaching style because it's his coaching style that, you know, got them to to where they are. It was just, man, they just, that third quarter, man, that just, I mean, that was, that was the nail biter right there. So, you know, and the thing was for me, you know, as, as, as the fan was, you know, Hey, we're here, you know, I was before the game started, I was just happy to be here. But then when you have a 17 point lead and you're like, wait a minute, we could actually, you know, just all we got to do is stay course and we're going to the Super Bowl. That's what made it worse for for me you know if we would have played from behind the whole game if we would have you know played like we played in the third quarter the whole game okay fine I could have swallowed the pill a little better than you know blowing a 17 point lead and you know to a team that had really doesn't have a good record of holding a lead no no I mean after watching that Green Bay game I mean they're obviously a very they're a beatable team you know so it's uh 
you know, I would I would suspect Kansas City should pretty much I'm, I'm not going to say have their way with them. But, you know, Kansas, if Kansas City goes up 17 points, San Francisco ain't coming back from that. that, that, that I, I agree with that. San Francisco <laughs> is going to need to play, you know, like anything else, you're going to need to play a full 60 minutes of football because Kansas City only put 17 up. Yep. And they barely kind of squeaked by. Yeah, they forced a lot of turnovers, but Baltimore, in some ways, gave them the game. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and he, you know, what stunned me, and I, I, I really hope all the hate on Brock Purdy ends soon. Oh yeah, I mean he's he has taken a San Francisco team that you know struggled with uh, you know Jimmy G, you know, yep. and and he's really turned. He's he's helped you know, cultivate that team with, you know, a great running back now, a couple great receivers, and their defense is pretty st- – I mean, they're only going to get better and more uh, more ch- of, a, of a tough competition and challenge to beat. You know, if this is a repeat next year uh, for, for the conference championship, you know, it's it's going to be even of a, of a tougher challenge. So, Right. Well, you know, Lions got cap space, though, so they, they do have the ability to – kind of fill in where they think they may have needs because do. and the yeah. one thing one thing i would say you know and i was guilty of this as well is you know i i was not happy with the lack of uh you know movement that the lions did at the uh trading deadline and, and all of that and right you know i was like you know now again another michigan guy they picked up donovan's people's jones which you know he's had a couple clutch plays over the you know the last few games of the regular season and you know a couple mm-hmm. couple key spots in the playoffs uh but looking back now i mean obviously dan campbell and brad holmes knew what they were doing to not go and make a move because Either way, we're probably in the same position, and we didn't lose anything. We didn't lose any draft picks or anything like that. Right. So um, we're even more and better poised for the for the draft, which is in Metro Detroit, which is it's downtown Detroit. Which so yes, it is. Yes, we, it is. Uh, we'll we'll be hoping to be there. We'll yes. be hoping to pull it all together and have a couple of clients be drafted. Yeah, that would be. Badass, man! Freaking amazing! Yes, yes, it <laughs> no would other be. way to put it. Yeah, it'd be really <laughs> badass. Um, um, well, let's do a little transition here. We got some racing coming up. The 2024 season is is about to. Uh, well, it's preliminarily going to kick off here with the Clash Non Points race here this weekend, and I'm ready for another season. Ready to do some podcasting and. What uh, what are you excited about this year, Daytona? Right, uh, I and me. <laughs> maybe I'm just cynical. I will probably have it on, but the feedback I am getting from my followers about the clash, and I I saw there was a format change. And I didn't really pay attention much attention to the format change. The fact they were going to have their heats on a Saturday, but not let anybody in. Like it really is this how we promote the sport? And yeah. I guess. They they gave way, and I know uh, one other podcast where I know both pretty both uh, speakers is taking a little credit for that, but I don't think that's funny. But uh, yeah, I just I, I'm not taking it away from them. I'm just it's just that t- t- sometimes it takes the media to show the sport what the great thing to do is. How Absolutely, do you, yeah. I don't how, know how, how do you have a day of racing in a high profile location and say, "Oh, public's not welcome." What? Right? Yeah. 
Nah, uh, yeah. Jeff Gluck and I were talking about that earlier, and and now they're letting people in as a free day. So you know, if they would have just yeah done it the right way in the first place, they could have put a little extra money in their pockets. And now, oh, I know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I I don't get it. Um, I know a lot of people are also aren't. You know, it's like I'd rather watch lawnmowers race on that kind of track than stock cars. And- yeah, I mean, uh, and, and Jeff mentioned this too, you know, in terms of the uh, ticket sales being down and all of that. Um, you, you've got, and this is my opinion on something that I've gone on at length about at nauseum over the last, uh, you know, seven years on this show in terms of points race or, you know, non-points races, you know, and you've got to keep things fresh to keep people engaged and wanting to come watch something that doesn't impact your championship. And, right. you know, the first year, great, cool, you know, this incredible, st- you know, venue and all that, great. I, I can get behind that. It's new. It's different. I'll watch it. Okay, cool. Uh, first time they ran, you know, the Bristol Dirt. Okay, it's new. It's something different. Okay, cool. Um, you know, you've got to get unique and creative, I feel, with non-points races. And, you know, they go. I don't see how they can go back there again next year. Uh, I don't no. know if that's been announced or not, if they are or not, but I don't. If it would be announced this up last year, it was last year during the race weekend that they announced there would be a 24 date. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, I just, you know, but, and what, what do you do that's new, right? Like, and, and that's where, you know, at some point you gotta, uh, I mean, I get that they won't, but at some point it's like, if you don't want, the negative reaction then you got to throw the towel in on the things that aren't working you know so um but you got to have do you have to have something before you know the the kickoff to the season you know do you go back and do something at daytona um you know i guess i don't know i i don't know what would work and i hate to sound so negative with with something like that but it is it's just hard to get um you know i think people to buy into something that doesn't contribute to your championship. I I think part of it was last year. And this is, I don't think the demographics they were targeting with the entertainment are the demographics of the typical viewer and that they're trying to bring new people to the event and to the, to, to watching. And I don't think I'm not sure those people are going to necessarily have carried over. I'm sure some would, and did, but I don't think you're, I think they're totally missing the mark on how they're projecting the sport. And I understand this got to move forward. I understand it's just a bunch of, we're two uh, right. that are talking <laughs> about this. Um, but I just think a lot of what they did missed the mark and make, but the other thing I was just thinking of is like, they are really not having auto club anymore and really not sure when auto club's going to be rebuilt. If ever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've you demolished are, it. It's, uh, you yeah, know. There's no point. <laughs> there's no, there. We got half the job done. Yep. We got the easy half the job done. Yeah, It's yep. torn down. Do you go back? You know, we yeah. we love we love road racing now, but is that something else that's getting tired too? Do you do something at Riverside? Do you get Riverside back in the action? Yeah, the other thing I look at with the LA Coliseum – I'm not even sure it's a great venue. It's a historic venue. Yeah. No, and same uh, yeah. with Bristol. It's like it was such a waste of materials and time and effort oh, yeah. to yeah. to put down a paved track 
in order to put down a dirt track or conversely put down a dirt track. Right. You want something interesting? Let's go up to northern Canada. We can go snow racing with stock cars. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that's... They do that in Europe. So you want something different and you want people to show up just watch on TV? Let's go up to Yukon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's 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 what I mean. You know, you gotta you got to really bring something that hasn't been seen by the casual viewer uh, either in, in the area to get them to show up for something like that and, and to tune in and watch, I feel, you know, I'm going to, I'll, I'll tune on, I'll tune in obviously, you know, for the, for the, from podcast perspective. Um, right. but, uh, I, I understand why people don't. And that's, you know, when you want, when you want the verbiage to be the other way, I don't understand why you're not tuning into this. Not, I understand why you're not tuning into this. So, um, it's a good way to put it anyways. Well, uh, how's the weather looking for uh, racing action this weekend? <laughs> not great. Not great. Oh, not really? great. Yes. No. It always rains in Southern California. It doesn't. It never rains in Southern California. It, it pours. Man, it pours. Right. It, it Saturday, uh, Friday chance of showers in the afternoon. Uh, Saturday actually looks drier, but Sunday I was just looking at the model before we got on. It it does not look good. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it could be a lot of waiting around. Uh, it could be a Monday night race. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm not sure how the, yeah, I know. I really not sure how they're going to handle it. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Now it, it, you, you, El Nino in Southern California, it's not typically a good combination. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, well, we will, uh, Anxiously well, I took the wind right out of your sail. Took, took the wind right out of your sails, but did. that did not. <laughs> pretty much, not what I was expecting. That's that's <laughs> for sure. Not like what <laughs> I can pretty much bank on with Phoenix and Vegas when that rolls around. Exactly. So, well, uh, we've had. Remember, we had the race, the last race at, at uh, Auto Club, snowed. That's true. We've had. Yes. We've had. We, we've had dust storms in uh vegas we've had rain in phoenix it, it just it, it everything you think is just upside down and absolutely they they don't yeah yes. people don't think sometimes and yeah. i'm not meaning us right <laughs> i love it i love it well sir uh thank you for uh coming on to talk some football and to kick off season eight of the show here that's phenomenal yeah. congratulations thank on season much. eight appreciate it appreciate it well, and uh, thank you for the invite back and sorry oh, for interrupting oh no you're good of course of course <laughs> i'm sure we'll uh, we'll have you and brian on a couple times throughout the season of course and with that we will uh catch you on the flip side here in a little bit thank you sir hail to the victors and go blue absolutely go blue all right man we'll talk to you soon later see ya all right, there is the Dr. Aaron Studwell. And now, if you really are still with us, let's uh, wrap this thing up with a little lap traffic fantasy and what you can expect in the Season 8 version of lap traffic fantasy. All right, lap traffic nation, let's close this thing out with a little lap traffic fantasy. And joining me on the line right now is your defending lapped traffic fantasy champion he had a dominating year last year welcome back to the show mr andrew you what's up man how are you yeah glad to be back hope you're doing pretty well um yeah no things are things are good we are you know it's back to podcasting nights which is awesome excited to be back for season eight of the show and the fantasy league 
Um, you know, it was it was your first year in the league last year, and you won in dominating fashion. What uh, what about the league uh, did you find that niche with, and were able to just kind of you know hit the ground running? Yeah, um, I think I think if I uh, I would say you know the past year I got into fantasy, um, not this league, but just in general NASCAR fantasy. And before then, I was just a big NASCAR fan, so. Yeah, I think just getting the groove in one year before and just understanding some of the statistics involved in NASCAR and, um, yeah, how NASCAR kind of works a little bit more along those lines. And, yeah, even some kind of even strategy, uh, whether it's jet pitch strategy or even strategies of some fantasy games. I think that was really what helped me last year. And um, hopefully, you know, for upcoming people, they can also get into that kind of um, ways of learning. And if not, they have, you know, potentially new ways to um how to play this game or how to strategize on in, in order to get the win in the finale then yeah i'm all for it excellent i love it um you know i i i i'm excited for your defense because you know going into eight years we have not had one repeat winner uh so there is definitely the first and even more bragging rights if you are able to uh defend the crown successfully this year which is going to be fun to watch that's for sure um a couple of the rule changes uh going into 2024 nothing too crazy uh, not reinventing the wheel because I think the format works pretty well. I think we had success with expanding the playoff field for the first round because we definitely saw a few guys that would not have made the initial cut make the playoffs and make it to the second round of the playoffs. So I think that was a, a nice little perk that keeps people engaged a little bit more, expanding the initial uh, playoff field uh, but a couple of the rule changes uh, going into 2024 is that with the Xfinity and truck series if it is a playoff limited driver selection like we've had for years now uh, Xfinity and Cup are now going to be limited to one pick per segment uh, to match up with the Cup series what do you think about that rule change sir yeah, so if I'm hearing you right, so each um, some of the playoff guys from last year, they're going they are going to have only one pick this time instead of two picks last year. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I think that'll help. Uh, you know, not so much. Uh, I think it'll just help strategy wise, and um, you know, especially with the truck series, to where you 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 know we only have 23 total truck races. Um, you know, you, you knock it down seven for the uh, from the playoff side of things, you know, 22 races and, you know, it. you don't need two driver truck picks for for, you know, for that, you know, it'll uh, even things out a little bit, I think. Yeah, I agree. I think the two picks was a little bit too much, um, although, you know, it kind of gave a good lenience for those beginning one beginning players. But still, I think going down to one is pretty good. And yeah, it creates a lot more parity and you can even use a lot of guys that you don't think would be that good, but they can actually come out to come out and shine like uh, an example like in the truck series whether you know say like you know you know uh, we don't know where roger's driving but you know roger caruth could have a truck ride for next year or i think he's kind of announced sort of mm -hmm. uh, but you can like him or even um guys like matt mills and um ba not bailey curry yeah bailey curry bailey also curry, as well sure. um Chase Purdy and even like Lane Riggs and some of these up-and-coming guys uh, or like picks that are guys that didn't make the playoffs last year. I think 
even those that are that finish outside, like in the 13th to 16th range or even to 19th, they they still have good runs. And you know, that's just how I mean NASCAR limits the playoffs. But still, that doesn't mean the guys outside the playoffs are going to be bad drivers. And even Xfinity Series. You can see, like, you know, we had a surprise winner last year at Talladega with Jeb Burton. So, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, maybe some of these picks that didn't make the playoffs, they could they could find a way to win last year. And I think another guy I'd harp on is uh, Brandon Jones, the number nine car. You know, last year was first year. Didn't do as well, but, you know, maybe this year you can find a groove and uh, bring that number nine back to victory lane and uh, have a good record this year. Absolutely. We know we can. We've seen him in victory lane. It's uh, if he can find some consistency, there's no doubt about that. And one of the other, I would say, maybe major rule changes that maybe is going to impact the cup side of things uh, versus Xfinity and truck is um, the limited driver picks in Xfinity and truck due to the movement between series has always been based off the previous year's um, owner's points, whereas on the cup side of things, it was just based on driver performance. And I'm going to match everything up together. So the cup side is now going to be based off of the championship and owner's points from the previous year. So that being said, the really only major impact that will have is Josh Berry will be limited to one pick per segment uh, on the cup side of things. But like I said, that way it just creates everything's being created the same way across all three series. Um, and that's how that'll go. We'll get the rules out, of course, written form and updated on the website by the end of the week here. And I'll send an email out to, to everybody as well. Um, anything else uh, you want to chat about? Um, you know, what are you looking forward to this year? Are you going to any races? Any any good stuff? Yeah, uh, hopefully in 2024 I'll be able to go to a few races, if not. Um, I mean, the two big ones, of course, you know, I live basically in North Carolina, so I, I you know, I kind of have to go to, you know, the 600 <laughs> and the Rover. Uh, last year, I don't know, I guess I felt a little lazy, which kind of sucks. But, you know, this year, hopefully, I, I you know, I want to check those two off my list again. I've been to the 600 that one funky year with, uh, you know, the Chris Bushers. Oh, uh, yeah. Flipping. 22. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 22, so. It was an exciting one. I mean, I I was very unprepared, and uh, yeah, my ears were ringing because I didn't bring any head protection or ear protection. But I mean, I enjoyed all that sound. Like it, it's music to my ears, man. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, I, one other thing to mention is yeah, yeah just give a shout out um, to my college of University of Charlotte and our 49ers racing team here. Um, it's another racing team here. Um, I'm involved with just a lot of uh, college students, whether they're freshmen to like all the way to senior age. Um, yeah, just give a shout out to them. And, you know, we're trying to get last year we placed top 10 and hopefully this year we can try and get a top five. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think besides that, I'm just ready. Overall, ready. Happy. We're ready. We got the clash this weekend. We're ready, ready to get underway. I'm excited to get things kicked off here. No doubt about that. There is still time. If you want to get in on this year's Lap Traffic Fantasy League, we've got over, I think we're close to 80, 80 participants right now. Uh, would love to get that around the 100 mark. So if we can get another 20 players, that would be awesome. All you got to do is send an email to fantasylaptraffic at gmail.com. Uh, DM me, you know, anything. I I'll get you guided in the right direction, get you signed up. It's free. There's bragging rights as well as some lap traffic custom swag and trophies on the line, as Andrew 
is uh, well aware he got an awesome package uh, towards the end of the year last like year. I still have to make a tweet about that. Uh, <laughs> well, no better time than now. <laughs> yep, that's correct. <laughs> well, man, listen, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show to help kick the season off. Uh, good luck on your defense, and I'm sure we'll chat with you a couple times throughout the season. Yeah, thank you so much, and hopefully just a little bit more advice for new people and existing people. You know, keep your eye on the prize, and hopefully everyone has fun. I think that's the most important thing is everyone has fun uh, for this fantasy league. Absolutely. I love it. All right, man. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Yep, we'll see ya. All right, Lab Traffic Nation. That is going to do it for the first show of Season 8, Episode 327. Huge thanks to Jeff Gluck for being a part of the show, Aaron Studwell, and Andrew Yu. We'll see. We'll be back maybe next week, maybe the week after Preview Daytona, all of that good stuff. So excited to be here with you all. Thank you all for the support. I appreciate you as always. Don't forget about the giveaways. Go follow on Twitter at LapTrafficPC. Tell your friends, subscribe, download iTunes, all of that good stuff. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog. Tune in each and every week to the Lap Traffic Podcast. See ya!